You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Today, we are talking The Menu. The Menu is a film that came out in 2022. Um, I believe, Noah, correct me if I'm wrong, it was in the theater for, yes, it was, because I know people um, in our family who saw it in the theater. Uh, Myself. Also, oh, oh, you saw it in the theater. Yeah, Grace and I saw it. Oh, okay, great. And, um, and so it is a film that I was remotely interested in watching. I'll tell you and uh, all of our other listeners that... I often look ahead to see what films are going to be coming out and see if some of them appeal to me. And the menu initially was one that appealed to me. And then the closer we got to its arrival in the in the theater, the less interested I became. And interestingly enough, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the, quite the opposite happened to you. You were pretty excited about this movie. Is that correct? Yeah, because I think that... Um... Earlier this year, we were treated to a lot of really good movies. I really liked Bullet Train. I loved Top Gun. Um, there was quite a few movies that I remember Grace and I were excited about seeing. And I felt like 2022 was very um, front-heavy more so with like the good films. Because at this point, we had seen all of our horror movies that we wanted to see by October, September, all that kind of stuff. So the months of November and December seemed pretty... They were more of a wasteland than I think ever before. And conventional wisdom and I think industry conversation mm. really supports that. Yeah, I felt like November was looking light. And I, had, Grace and I had just come off of seeing all these good movies with our friends. So we were just like, okay, you know, what could be next before we end off the year uh, for good for the movies? Because we weren't going to see Avatar. Um, and the menu had an interesting trailer. Didn't have one of those you know, weird previews where it does everything the conventional way. It looks like an interesting enough sort of uh, premise plot, a little murder mystery with thriller action, all revolving around, you know, high quality food. Thought that was neat. I mean, we've definitely seen a premise or two sort of around that, or it's definitely been inspired by things. But of course, with the cast, which was Nicholas Holt, uh, was it Anna? Ralph Fiennes, I mean. Yeah, Ralph Fiennes, uh, really big. And then Anya. Anna Taylor-Joy. Yeah, who's popping up in quite literally um, well, a lot of many things. Many things. Mm-hmm. And then John Leguizamo was also yeah. in this uh, mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, a good enough Judith cast. Light. Yeah, there was some. Yeah. It doesn't take me much to go to the movies. So if you can convince me that something will at least be a pretty solid time, I'll go. Let's be honest, though. Um what you just said is true. It doesn't take much for you to go to the movies. For me, it takes a whole lot more. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. And I also didn't think this would be coming to streaming services so soon. So that's also another fault of mine. I kind of uh, pulled the trigger. Well, uh, I mean, if you want to see a movie, it's worth going to see a movie. I mean, yeah, know, I absolutely agree. The experience is very different. You know what I prefer. I know what you prefer. I know what most people prefer. But yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's get into a little bit of this um, now that we've sort of framed how uh, it's another satirical kind of film it is a, it's a satirical sort of dark comedy but i'll give you the full synopsis mm-hmm. just so that you can get an idea of it so the film penned by will tracy and seth reese focuses on a young couple who visit an exclusive destination restaurant on a remote island where the acclaimed chef has prepared a lavish tasting menu 
along with some shocking surprises. Deadline notes. Um, well, okay, never mind. That's just a review of it. <laughs> so uh, obviously not a huge amount of uh, detail in that plot, but really what we were talking about. The menu, uh, to my knowledge, was a pretty good success. It cost $30 million to make and then made $74.7 million during its theatrical runtime. So pretty solidly enough uh, to be considered maybe a sleeper hit or a pretty uh, nice success. But a lot of the critical response was pretty darn good. 89% mm-hmm. On the tomato meter. out of 291 critics. Obviously, you know, that's... This is like a wide scale like viewing. And, um, you know, I, I was just seeing a lot of positive buzz about this mm-hmm. movie. So it was time to sort of weigh it against our expectations. Mm-hmm. And once again, I saw this in November. You just watched it. I watched it. Uh, we we're recording this on what January 8th. And I saw it yesterday, January 7th. Cool. Yep. So let's get into what we thought of it. Okay. Why don't you go first, Noah? Sure. Um, I thought the menu was fine. I thought it was entertaining enough. Uh, while being disappointed by what I guess I perceived it would was going to be. I thought the pace was done well in the beginning where they actually slowed everything down a lot. Um, the first hour is really just set up. Um, and this movie isn't way too long. But overall, I thought that it just it could have been executed better. And I had a great conversation uh, with Griffin about this because we both saw the movie. I just... I didn't think it was a terrible movie. I just didn't think it nearly lived up to what the hype and my expectations of it. Yeah, that, well, there you just said something that I was going to ask you about. Do you think that your expectations of it were so so high that it was almost impossible for the film to live up to those? No, not nearly. Okay. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about this movie every day. I was just like, you know, this looks like the last good movie mm-hmm. uh, based off of what I've seen in the trailers. It looks promising, mm-hmm. you know. And so at that point, I was just like, okay, I thought it was going to turn out to be smarter mm-hmm. than it was mm-hmm. but overall i was a little bit kind of uh nonplussed with the ending mm-hmm. and some of the pacing of it overall so i i thought it was entertaining in some parts but overall you know not a movie i'd necessarily recommend to everybody okay well i um went into it i think with different expectations admittedly you just told me what yours were uh, mine were lower still <laughs> um and uh i you know I was pretty excited to see that it was on HBO Plus. I was also very excited, or HBO Max, excuse me. <laughs> um, and I was also excited to see that it was under two hours. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay. And I also knew that your mom and your brother and you and Grace had seen it. So I could just sit there and watch it if I had the time. And I uh, amazingly had the time yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, I think one of the, my concerns, and I'll get into it in just a moment, was... Some of these films that, you know, there's something on an island, something mysterious on an island. I feel like that's a trope. Uh, it is. getting to be a trope. And it, it, there's so much buildup to getting to that destination that it's just sort of heavy. Um, I was pleased to say or to see that we they were waiting for the boat right as the opening scene. Mm-hmm. And they are on the island within 10 minutes of the film. So that is to its credit. Um, I'm going to say something here. I'm curious to know what you think I thought about this movie. I don't think you liked it that much. Um, The first hour of this film was an absolute 10 to me. Really? I absolutely loved this movie. No kidding. And the whole time I kept thinking, I am so afraid it is going to go south. And sure enough, (laughs) right at the one hour mark, it started to go south. Now, how far south did it go? 
for me, not too terribly far south. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you that if the first hour was on a scale of one to five Zs, mm-hmm. I would give it five Zs. Wow. I wow. really, really liked it a whole lot. Um, the point at which I felt it started to transition, and we're going to have to talk spoilers here, mm-hmm. was sort of the midpoint where they... Is this, uh, they, is this spoilers? Spoilers. You've been warned. Okay. Gotcha. The angel wings, yeah. where they drowned the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, oh. And then they go outside, mm-hmm. and they let the guys run around. And it just sort of... It got a little unwieldy. Uh, I, I felt like it lost direction, mm-hmm. and... Nothing Nothing about it from that point forward felt fresh. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, in this sense, I just thought that I'd seen that part in the trailer. So I knew something along those the lines. The angel wings? Yeah, yeah the okay. angel wings. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought the movie kind of did a really good job of... You know how sometimes thrillers kind of keep you hanging for the entire movie? Mm-hmm. It's like, will they or won't they? Mm-hmm. Will this guy do something crazy or will he, or will he not? He kind of revealed that, I'd say, about after the first hour oh, yeah. or so. Like, you knew he was up to something, but he kind of just, you know, he kind of just spilled the beans. Mm-hmm. And I'd say there was less of a mystery after that. Right. It was, this movie was obviously a takedown of, um, you know, the upper class and, like, the rich. And I think, overall, the socioeconomic factors played heavily into, you know, the highfalutin cuisine that they were making. Mm-hmm. But... I felt like it was almost, I understood the message, but I thought it was a pretty sloppy execution and how it was done. And I felt like the end was really weird and maybe undeserved. Yeah, we'll get to the end in just a minute. I thought one of the highlights of it, I mean, let's face it, this is this is an imperfect film. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure I've ever seen a perfect film, so let's be real. Sure. But I thought one of the highlights was the, uh, the taco, the imprints on the taco, basically showing the guests their transgressions yeah sure i thought that was very winning you know we had Mm -hmm. the the guy whose finger got cut off um yeah because he was having an affair yeah we had the guys who were um uh uh, doing some fancy accounting yeah you know you had uh you know so you had sort of those uh, scenarios that you know told us without showing us right the backstory of these people. And I thought that was really fresh and entertaining. And I thought the scene where they wanted bread was really, was really kind of clever. It it was a scene where you get bread, but you didn't get any bread because bread is, is not highbrow. Right. And so the the guests were like, wait a minute, where's the bread? I thought the person who played the food critic, who is from Ozark, I don't know her name. Um, uh, in the film, she was, uh, bloom was her last name. I thought she was, the highlight, of course, she was also a highlight in Ozark. So, all in all, I just think that it felt um, very, very fresh for the first hour, and then I felt like I had seen a lot of this before, or some of this before, in the second half, or the last 43, 47 minutes or so. Um, and uh, full disclosure, when we get toward the end, and he sends her, he meaning Ralph finds chef, to the uh, to his home to get the barrel, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, so um, he's running a risk here by sending her into his personal space. And sure enough, she sees the photos of him flipping burgers in his first job, mm-hmm. and she comes to realize that although he's obviously a psychopath, um, 
where his history lies and she could use that against him. And I thought, oh, okay, that's effective. And your mom liked that in particular. But I just thought it was sort of too predictable. Well, yeah, here's here's the problem with Okay, I'll just I'll just say it this way. I think we should definitely explore some of the stuff you've been talking about because I felt like there was some really great stuff with this movie that it, everything was so kind of at odds. Like the movie was filmed really well, right? In general, I thought it was acted pretty well and I thought the um atmosphere was suitably tense, but it just felt like some of the way things played out mm-hmm. was like you said, predictable, predictable, but also a little just dumb. Um, so I'll say, I'll say it this way. Um, I thought some of those comedy scenes, like where everybody had to run and hide, all the men had to like run and hide. And then, uh, um, wasn't funny. It was silly. Well, no. And then, uh, the last guy to get found who mm-hmm. hid the best, mm-hmm. they're just like, you know, congratulations. You're the last person. Would you like, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> the dessert or whatever. Yeah. The dessert. Or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, I thought that was, I thought that was like pretty funny and uh-huh. darkly comic, but I felt like obviously, the crowd in the movie, I felt like, knew that they were all going to be sacrificed too mm-hmm. early, mm-hmm. and that would have been a lot more interesting if there was some more toying around mm-hmm. and playing with that whole idea. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the first guy shot himself mm-hmm. in the mouth, I was just kind of like, oh my goodness. Like, this is just, I think this is kind of where it's going to go downhill. Because to your point, I thought the idea of um, the one character, like, using the chef's past to her advantage in order to get her out Mm -hmm. was a smart idea, but it, like he had convinced a man to not only shoot himself in the mouth, but also hang himself in a closet. And he came back to such a childlike innocence Mm -hmm. and level of mercy at just cooking a cheeseburger Mm -hmm. that he let her go. Yeah. And he was, he was also dumb enough to send her to his private. It wasn't sophisticated enough. And then I, I just, so like we were talking about, this is a takedown of like, you know, the upper class and everything, this movie. No doubt. So he, and she was not upper class, so that was part of the right. right. He goes to her, and he says, "You know, I can tell, essentially, that you are, you know, not cut from the same cloth as so many people mm-hmm. um, that you know are around here, mm-hmm. and so therefore you're one of us, and you can have a choice." And he, I just felt like he put so much trust in her at that moment that it just seemed weird because sometimes he seemed like he was smart and calculating mm-hmm. because he had planned this entire thing. Mm-hmm. But he also seemed very dumb and overtly trusting. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, and I mean, he was gonna burn himself alive in the first place mm-hmm. anyway. So I just, I, I thought that I thought all of that was like a little bit weird. But then again, something that I think is the most interesting from this. So Griffin and I were talking about this. So obviously Nicholas Holt is the food appreciator, mm-hmm. right? He knows everything there is to know mm-hmm. about high class food and just that sort of way of being. But it is exposed that he may know almost everything about it, but he has never done that for himself. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So therefore I guess he's painted as like a fraud Mm -hmm. and that, you know, makes him end up committing suicide Mm -hmm. in like the closet or Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. like that. I thought that was interesting because I almost thought that was, it's like a good point, right? It's, like you can be so well versed on something without knowing, like you can know everything about it except how to do it, mm-hmm. right? Or you can have such an opinion on something without necessarily making it your own career. And I thought that was kind of interesting because it's almost like an allegory for movie criticism, right? But no I, doubt. I think in the same way, just because you are not a director of movies, it doesn't bar you from being able to, you know, pass your own opinion mm-hmm. onto that movie. 
but then again, it's also there's it's also a way to ground yourself a little bit by mm-hmm. saying, I didn't like this about uh, this movie, and you know I'm picking this apart and whatnot. But then again, it's like you've never quite been in those shoes before. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was sort of like a fascinating moral quandary, mm-hmm. I suppose, mm-hmm. that was a part of the movie. Um, but Griffin and I, obviously, you know, we talked about it much more in depth. But I, I thought that was an interesting sort of almost metaphor for like film criticism mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a lot of people that have a really strong opinion on something. Mm-hmm. And that might have also just been talking about pertaining to a larger society. Yeah, But it's just like... People feel so strongly about some things, but they wouldn't, I mean, you know, you wouldn't be able to explain your opinion if you tried, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like you wouldn't be able to act upon it, even though you have such a conviction towards this thing. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty fascinating in its own way. But then again, it's just, I thought the movie just was so up and down mm-hmm. with its pacing. Sometimes it was good. I thought the first hour was bravely and boldly took it deliberately slow mm-hmm. in my opinion i mean it was all just about the food and them sitting down mm-hmm. for a little while and then once i kind of got into the meat of things and i knew what he was planning on doing it just got so much more boring mm. and i just felt as if it lost perhaps what you were saying that sort of like powerful setup and i think that's always the worst right when the setup's great and the execution's terrible so um i don't think the movie was bad by any means i didn't love the ending i thought it was a little bit too quick mm-hmm. i thought some of the actions and many of the characters were silly mm-hmm. but at the end of the day not my favorite but not my least favorite either yeah there was good in this movie but it's not something i'd want to watch again well there were other two more things i just want to say before we grade this one out i i think did you could you see the did you see had you figured out the coast guard guy immediately uh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so obvious right yeah. you know i mean in there was that. That was a fun twist for those who, like, you know, who probably thought he was going to rescue the whole crew or something like that. Okay, people actually bought that. Okay, um, so there was that. But then the other thing I had was there was certainly, and there's been, I saw a conversation about this online too, is uh, the, the reactions or the lack of the reaction from the dinner guests during some of these pretty horrific things like the guy shoots himself in the in the mouth yeah uh and they're like this is just theater and i thought that was amusing but and i know again it's a satire yeah it is it is, it is saying something about society about how we're oblivious to things because we're so determined to our heads or, are somewhere or else, so yeah. aspirational or so self-absorbed mm-hmm. So I could get behind that, but there were times I just thought, you know, one more, they, they cut his finger off. Oh, that's, that's, this is theater. This is all part of the show. And I'm thinking to myself, this is getting an off, to be an awfully bloody show. I think that you know? just, go, I think what it was trying to say is how disconnected really wealthy people can be yeah. from reality. Yeah. And, you know, to a point, sometimes it's hard to determine right. whether something is actually satire, mm-hmm. if it's like kind of stupid yeah. or maybe if it's both. Yeah. So I like... There's a line there in these mm-hmm. types of movies that some people will love and some people will be like, mm, mm-hmm. like I, I, I didn't really yeah. think that was done that well. The one other thing I'll say is I thought the performances, aside from the lead, because I just – not I don't mean Ralph Fiennes. I mean uh, Anna Taylor-Joy. Mm-hmm. Not terribly impressed with the performance here. But I felt like the uh, the female who plays the, the maitre d' – Mm-hmm. Um, kind of role who checked them in and who realized initially that Margot Mills was not on the original guest list. Yeah, I thought she was creepy as anything. I oh, mean, yeah, she sure. was just cold and 
And she I, had a lot of weight to carry. She was great. Yeah, I was sorry to see her demise. For, you know, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people die in this. Yeah, movie. a lot of people die. Anyway, um, so okay, I think we've probably spent enough time on on the menu. Anything else you want to say before we grade this one out? I think I've said all I need to be said. All right. So Noah, on a scale of one to five Z's, what are you giving the menu? Um, I would probably give it. I'd say three Z's. I thought it was. I, I thought it was. Perfectly fine, not amazing. I, um, you know, I didn't hate it at all, but it's also something that I think we look back on. And um, Grace, like you and I, uh, you and I haven't really remembered much of it, right? Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I'm probably gonna give it four Z's. I really, I, you know, it's it. uh, I watched several movies yesterday. Mm -hmm. We're gonna discuss others, so I will not share with you at this point in time what they were and what you know well you know what they were but all that said um it's not a perfect movie it probably is more of a three and a half z's movie mm -hmm. but it was a delightful surprise and for that first hour i was so in all the way i just thought i mean really the whole time i was thinking please don't please don't please don't please don't fall apart and then it started to fall apart and i was like okay it's inevitable because there's nothing that's going to be a full-on five consistently throughout so I think it's definitely worth seeing, definitely worth watching. Um, I think it's entertaining. A lot of people will not think it's entertaining because it's pretty gruesome. Especially if you're streaming it, though. Yeah. 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 Well, but yeah, I think that's a good way to view things, yeah. too. Because maybe if you saw it in a theater, you'd mm -hmm. feel more strongly about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure I'm, I'm sure if I caught it on streaming, I would have been like, hey, you know, that was pretty That was pretty good. Yeah. Glad I didn't have to go pay Fifteen dollars yeah. for it, but then again. So I guess what I'm saying is that if you have HBO Max or a streaming service on which this is available, it is worth. I think it's definitely worth your hour and forty five minutes uh, to to view and just sort of because it's it's thought provoking too. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good way of looking at it. All right. Cool. Okay, so that's our review of the menu. Um, let's uh, talk about something new or different we've seen or watched or read or um, I got one. viewed. Uh, in our check it out. What do you got, Noah? Keep it short and sweet. Uh, check out ZZ Talk Pod on Instagram. That is our username, ZZ Talk Pod. I'm going to be putting more stuff on there so that you can <laughs> if see if we're it, uploading it actually happen. Yeah, we're willing it into existence. New year, new revitalized uh, social media. So okay. check out ZZ Talk Pod and follow it if you have not yet. All right, I'm gonna just quickly share um, uh, another podcast. I, I sort of cleaned out my library of podcasts over the holidays because I want to start a new, and I got a lot of them that I was just really not listening to, or people aren't posting regularly. I mean, I'm I'm just sorry, I'm not able to invest in a podcast that shows up once every four months, it, you know, a new episode. Fair enough. That's just not fair. So what I'm doing is um, I discovered uh, a podcast called uh, Docking Bay 77. Docking, uh, Bay, Docking 77. Bay 77 is a is a play on Docking Bay 94? Well, I didn't they just say that. Uh, no. Well, because 1977, I'm pretty sure, 1977 is, in fact, the year Star Wars was released. Oh, cool. It was, you know, and... Docking Bay 93 is where the Millennium Falcon was was parked. I was not aware of that. That's cool. He says that because that's what Han Solo tells Obi-Wan in A New Hope. Anyway, so, and they do all this uh, sort of, I thought it was Star Wars only, but the episode I'm listening to are the 
top seven worst movies that you love kind of thing. So you can tell folks there's a theme here. I, I enjoy a film-oriented podcast or a media-oriented podcast. I enjoy a lot of other podcasts as well, but uh, there's a theme. So that's what I'm going with. So Docking Bay 77, which is available on Spotify or Apple Music, only after you listen to the entire, entire catalog of ZZ Talk. Well, that sounds good. I'd really like to check that out for myself. Um, speaking of checking things out, you are going to hear us talk about Knives Out, uh, not Knives Out, Glass Onion, a, a Knives, Knives Out, out mystery, mystery um, next week, because that's, uh, that's what we've already watched and we'll be discussing. So if you've seen it for yourself, I think that one came out on streaming uh, in November. And well, let's also tell our listeners what else is coming up in January. One more film. We've got three more weeks. Uh, so this will be... Uh, an episode, and then uh, the the Glass Onion, and then the Banshees of uh, Iris Sharon. I don't remember. Yes, you've seen it. it. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. So um, anyway, that's our schedule for January. So we hope you will tune in each week and uh, enjoy our take on three relatively current movies, uh, films that have either been in been at the uh, multiplex mm-hmm. very recently, or are now on streaming, or both. Sounds great. Okay. All right. Well, with that in mind, thank you so much for listening to another episode of ZZ Talk. But until then, I'm Greg. I'm Noah. And this is ZZ ZZ Talk. Talk.